And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. <clears throat> Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West. The most haunted city in the country. Well, today is November 24th, 328th day of the year. 37 days remain till the end of the year. Yesterday, I took one of my rare days off. Did not do a show on Thanksgiving. <coughs> now we're going to see what uh, holidays and observances we've got on this the 24th. Buy nothing day. Give yourself a day of, to experience the simple joys of life. Discover the thrill of finding new adventures without spending a penny. We went out early this morning. And thanks to uh, brilliant road work. From the edge of El Paso to the county line. There are no exits off the interstate. There are no signs that say that. Which means all the people you expect to go to the outlet shops aren't there yet. It's May's Day, National Flossing Day, Native American Heritage Day, Your Welcome Giving Day, National Sardine Day. I have been told that you don't know you're really hungry until sardines sound good. Black Friday, National Day of Listening, D.B. Cooper Day. If you don't know who D.B. Cooper is... He is the man who hijacked an aircraft. This was in 71. Hijacked an airplane. Stole a briefcase full of money. Um, I, I think he was... To release the plane, the uh, passengers, he wanted $200,000 and two parachutes. The uh, He got him. En route, uh, allegedly to Mexico, he bailed out. Now, the ticket that he bought was for a man named uh, Dan Cooper, but that was an alias. Uh, but the name for the mystery man has become D.B. Cooper. Uh, this is uh, the only unsolved airplane hijacking in U.S. history. His uh, flight was from Portland to Seattle. Only cost twenty bucks. Left the plane with two hundred thousand in cash by parachuting out. That amount of money today would be worth about one point four million. But if he was stealing that money in order to uh, live a life of ease, two hundred thousand wouldn't have taken you very far, even in nineteen seventy-one. In the middle of the flight, Cooper told the flight attendant he had a bomb and demanded money. I'm sorry, he wanted four parachutes. He's believed to have landed somewhere around a small town called Ariel, Washington, near Lake Merwin. The small hamlet of Ariel has made D.B. Cooper their claim to fame and now has a D.B. Cooper day each year. Festival in Ariel, Washington celebrates uh, D.B. Cooper Day and considers evidence uh, such as some of the money that was found in 1980 in the Columbia River. The clues led to a potential niece of Cooper's as to what was believed to be uh, Cooper's necktie. 
Well, the situation regarding D.B. Cooper is a continuing mystery that's never been solved. And $5,000, I think, of that money turned out on, on the bank of the river. But nobody has a clue what happened to the rest of it or to him. It's also Celebrate Your Unique Talent Day. Sinky Day. When you're in a home after Thanksgiving, the kitchen's all too often. Uh, no plates, no table, no service. So a lot of people eat over the sink. And that's how it got the name Sinky Day. National Game and Puzzle Week. National Deal Week. Road Safety Week. Blue Christmas. Lung Cancer Awareness Month. National Children's Month. World Vegan Month. National Peanut Butter Lovers Month. Uh, November. National Epilepsy Awareness Month. National Native American Heritage Month, Manatee Awareness Month, National Pomegranate Month, National Novel Writing Month, and National Adoption Month. Alrighty. Well, well, what happened? Hmm. having issues with my system here. Hmm. All right, in 1615... French King Louis XIII married Anne of Austria. They were both the ripe old age of 14. 19, 1859, Charles Darwin, a British naturalist, published On the Origin of Species, the paper in which he explained his theory of evolution through the process of natural selection. 1863, during the Civil War, Battle for Lookout Mountain, Tennessee began. 1871, National Rifle Associations Incorporated in the U.S. In New York, I think, or Massachusetts, one or the other. 1874, Joseph Glidden is given a patent for barbed fencing material, also known as the Devil's Hat Band. 1903, Clyde Coleman gets a patent for an electric self-starter for an automobile. 1940, Nazis closed off the Jewish ghetto in Warsaw, Poland. Over the next three years, the population dropped from 350,000 to 70,000 due to starvation, disease, and deportations to concentration camps. 1944, during World War II, the first raid against the Japanese cap capital of Tokyo was made by land-based U.S. bombers. Nineteen forty seven, Hollywood Ten, where 
cited for contempt of Congress for refusing to answer questions about alleged communist influence in their industry. 1947, John Steinbeck's novel, The Pearl, was published for the first time. On this day in 1963, Jack Ruby shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald on national TV in the basement of the police headquarters. 1969, Apollo 12 landed safely in the Pacific Ocean, bringing an end to the second manned mission to the moon. On this day in 1971, well, as I said, it was D.B. Cooper parachuting from a Northwest Airlines 727. 1983, Palestine Liberation Organization released six Israeli prisoners in exchange for the release of 4,500 Palestinian and Lebanese held by the Israelis. Uh, 1985, in Malta, Egyptian commando stormed an Egyptian uh, jetliner that had been uh, taken over by uh, terrorists. Sixty people died in that raid. 1987, the U.S. and Soviet Union agreed to scrap short and medium-range missiles, the first superpower treated to eliminate an entire class of nuclear weapons. Now, that was for public consumption. Did they really? I doubt it. 1989, Czechoslovakia's hardline party leadership resigned after more than a week of protest against its policies. 1992, in China, a domestic jetliner crash killed 141 people. 1993, U.S. Congress gives its final approval to the Brady Handgun Control Bill. Uh, 1993, Robert Thompson and John Benevels, both 11 years old, were convicted of murdering two-year-old James Bulger in Liverpool, England. They both got a indefinite detention sentence. 1995 in Ireland, the voters narrowly approved a constitutional amendment legalizing divorce. 1996, Rusty Wallace won the first NASCAR event to be held in Japan. Also in 96, Barry Sanders, Detroit Lions, set an NFL record when he recorded his eighth straight 1,000-yard season. 1998, America Online announced the deal for their purchase of Netscape. $4.21 billion. Well, okay, a few other things that just popped up. In 380 AD, Theodosius I made his Adventus or formal entry into Constantinople. 1190, Conrad of Montferrat becomes king of Jerusalem upon his marriage to Isabella I of Jerusalem. Don't forget, during the Crusades, um, the first crusade resulted in the capture of Jerusalem, and a kingdom was created there. And king of Jerusalem is a hereditary title in, uh, I think, French heraldry. 1221, Chinggis Khan defeats the renegade, Karzamain prince, uh, Jalal al-Din at the Battle of Indus, completing the Mongol conquest of Central Asia. 1227, Gasawa Massacre, and an assembly of Piast Dukes in Gasawa, Polish Prince, Lazek the White, Duke Henry the Bearded, and others are attacked by assassins while bathing. Very few people carry their swords into the bathtub with them. 1248, an overnight landslide on the north side of Mount Granier, one of the largest historical rock, sl uh, rock slope failures ever recorded in Europe, destroys five villages. 
1359, Peter I of Cyprus ascends the throne of Cyprus after his father, Hugh IV of Cyprus, abdicates. 1429, Hundred Years' War. Joan of Arc unsuccessfully besieges La uh, Charité. 1542, Battle of Solway Moss. An English army defeats a much larger Scottish force near the River Esk in Dumfries and Galloway. 1642, Abel Tasman becomes the first European to discover the island of Van Diem's land, uh, later renamed Tasmania. 1750, Tarabai, region of the Maratha Empire, imprisons uh, Rajaran II of Satara for refusing to remove Balaji Bajo Rao from the post of Peshwa. Now, the uh, the Peshwa was the second highest office in the Maratha Confederacy, next in rank and prestige only to that of the uh, Chhatrapati. Uh, initially serving as the appointed prime minister, Office became hereditary after the death of uh, Shahu in 1749. The um, 1832, South Carolina passes um, the Ordinance of Nullification declaring the tariffs of 1828 and 1832 are null and void in the state, beginning the nullification crisis. 1835, the Texas Provincial Government authorizes the creation of a horse-mounted police force called the Texas Rangers. It's now the Texas Ranger Division of the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, well, they have a heck of a reputation. My uh, three attempts to work with them, I was less than impressed. 1850, Danish troops defeat a Selswig Holstein Force in the town of uh, Torf in Selswig Holstein. 1863, American Civil War. As I said, this was the Battle of Lookout Mountain, which took place near Chattanooga, Tennessee. Union forces under General Ulysses S. Grant captured Lookout Mountain and began to break the Confederate siege of the city led by General Braxton Bragg. 1877, Anna Sewell's animal welfare novel, Black Beauty, is published on this date. 1906, a 13-6 victory by the Massillon Tigers over their rivals, the Canton Bulldogs, for the Ohio League Championship, leads to accusations that the championship series was fixed. It results in the first major scandal in professional American football. 1917, in Milwaukee, nine members of the Milwaukee Police Department are killed by a bomb. Most deaths in a single event in U.S. police history until the September 11th attacks of 2001. 1922, nine Irish Republican Army members executed by an Irish Free State Firing Squad. Among them was author Erskine Childers, who had been arrested for illegally carrying a revolver. 1929, the Finnish far-right Lapua movement officially begins when a group of uh, mainly the former White Guard members led by... Uh, Vittori Casola interrupted communism occasion at the uh, workers' house in Lapua, Finland. 1932, Washington, D.C. The FBI Scientific Crime Detection Laboratory officially opens up. It's better known as the FBI Crime Lab. 1935, the Singalese Socialist Party holds its second Congress. 
1940, World War II, the first Slovak Republic becomes a signatory to the Tripartite Pact, officially joining the Axis powers. Uh, 1941, World War II, the U.S. grants Lend-Lease to the Free French Forces. Yeah, don't worry about paying. We'll just give it to you. We're good about that. But when we need something, you can't find anybody to help. 1943, World War II, at the Battle of Macon in the USS uh, Lescombe Base, torpedoed near Tarawa and sinks, killing uh, 650 men. 1944, World War II, 73rd Bombardment Wing launches the first attack on Tokyo and the Northern Mariana Islands, from the Northern Mariana Islands. 1963, uh, two, Cold War, the West Berlin branch of the Socialist Unity Party of Germany forms a separate party, the Socialist Unity Party of West Berlin. 1962, the influential British satirical television program, That Was the Week That Was, is first broadcast. 1963, as I said earlier, Lee Harvey Oswald, the alleged assassin of President Kennedy, is killed by Jack Ruby on live TV. Robert H. Jackson takes a photograph of the shooting that when goes on to win the 1964 Pulitzer Prize in photography. 1965, Joseph Desiree Mobutu seizes power in the Democratic Republic of Congo and becomes president. He rules a country which he renamed Zaire in 1971 for over 30 years until he was overthrown by rebels in 1997. Now, think about the name, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And he is the unopposed president for 30 years. 1966, Bulgarian Tabso Flight 101 crashes near Bratislava, Czechoslovakia. Killed all 82 people on board. 1969, Apollo program. Apollo 12 command module splashes down safely in the Pacific Ocean. Ended the second crewed mission to land on the moon. 1971, during a severe thunderstorm over Washington State, a hijacker named D.B. Cooper parachutes out of the Northwest Orient airplane, Airlines plane with $200,000 in ransom money. 1973, national speed limits imposed on the Autobahn in Germany because of the 1973 oil crisis. That speed limit only lasts for four months before it's removed. 1974, Donald Johansson and Tom Gray discovered the 40% complete Australopithecus afrensis skeleton nicknamed Lucy in the Awash Valley of Ethiopia's Afar Depression. 1976, the Kaldiran Meridai earthquake in eastern Turkey kills between four and 5,000 people. 1989, after a week of mass protest against the communist regime known as the Velvet Revolution, Milos Yakis and the entire Politburo of the Czechoslovak Communist Party resigns from office. This brings to an effective end communist rule in Czechoslovakia. 1992, China Southern Airlines Flight 3943 crashes on approach to Guyan, Kimfeng in the airport in Guyan, China, killing all 141 people on board. In 2009, the Abdella Project, the Aeromanian Digital Library and Cultural Initiative is founded in Bucharest, Romania. 
2012, I fired a clothing factory in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Kills at least 112 people. 2013, Iran signs an interim agreement with the P5 plus 1 countries, limiting its nuclear program in exchange for reduced sanctions. 2015, Russian Air Force Sukhoi Su-24 fighter jet is shot down by the Turkish Air Force over the Syria-Turkey border, killing one of the two pilots. Russian Marines also killed during a subsequent rescue effort. 2015, a terrorist attack on a hotel in Al-Rish, Egypt, kills at least seven and injures 12 others. Also in 2015, an explosion on a bus carrying Tunisian Presidential Guard personnel in Tunisia's capital of Tunis leaves at least 14 people dead. 2016, the government of Colombia and the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, People's Army, um, signed a revised peace deal bringing an end to the country's more than 50-year-long civil war. 2017, a terrorist attack on a mosque in Alorada, North Sinai, Egypt, kills 311, injures 128. And in 2022, five days after the general elections, which resulted in a hung parliament, opposition leader and former deputy prime minister, Anwar Ibrahim, is officially named as the 10th prime minister of Malaysia. Well, it's interesting to note that... Um, even though it's the day after Thanksgiving. So it's still a momentous day around the world. The Australopithecus afarensis that I mentioned is an extinct species of uh, Australopithecine that lived from about uh, 3.9 to 2.9 million years ago. The, um, the theory is that this was our ancestor. Of course, um, nobody has any evidence to prove it, but you don't need evidence if you're a professor. Now, we've been talking about, um, in our last show, which was two days ago, before Thanksgiving, I was discussing the fact that the um, story that we have been fed for 60 years is that Lee Harvey Oswald, on his own, shot President Kennedy, then shot Officer Tippett before being arrested at the after going into a movie theater while not buying a ticket. And then he was shot in turn by Jack Ruby. Just two lone nut gunmen. Well, Officer Tippett, when investigation was done into his death, arrived at certain interesting conclusions. Number one, um, the man he stopped on the street to talk to was not Lee Harvey Oswald. Too many witnesses said that. And the man that shot Officer Tippett was not Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, 
whatever it was or whoever it was that Tippett was desperately searching for in his final moments, it appears that those acts were clearly linked to some aspect of his liaison with military intelligence and or the extraction of the military intelligence abort team from Dallas on November 22nd. He was uh, part of a tactical team from the Dallas Police Department being used in support of sensitive intelligence operations. Now, you have to ask yourself, what were those um, intelligence? Uh, what were the intelligence activities he was involved in? Could be, since the president was in town, it had something to do with that. Now, for 60 years, it's been hammered into everybody's head that Lee Harvey Oswald single-handedly, a crazed lone nut gunman, assassinated the President of the United States. And anybody who raised evidence to the contrary was literally castigated. Now, Oswald himself joined the Marines in 1956. And by 1957, was in specialized intelligence training in Nags Head, North Carolina. Um, now, an undercover operative by the name of Tosh Pumley. I remembered seeing Oswald there. And said it was for training prior to going international and for whatever activities he was going to undertake. And he was trained in false identities, cover stories. And CIA veteran Victor Marchetti uh, independently confirmed that the false defector operation was being run out of Nags Head at that time. Now, what was the false defector operation? American personnel would defect to the Soviet Union. And while there, try to gather intelligence and or uh, recruit other operatives. Now, Oswald died as a result of a single gunshot wound. Officially, he was murdered by Dallas nightclub operator Jack Ruby for the purpose of not forcing President Kennedy's widow to come back and endure a criminal trial. Now, no one in their right mind should have believed such a, a bogus rationale. Now, even though the accused assassin of the president was the most prominent suspect in American history, Jack Ruby walked right through an unlocked door at the Dallas Police Headquarters, approached the suspect without being challenged by any of the Army of Police officers guarding Oswald, pulled on a concealed handgun without being challenged, pointed it at Oswald, and fired. All of this was captured on live TV in a, to a stunned audience of millions of Americans who literally could not believe how implausible these events were. In police headquarters, no less. With an army of police surrounding Oswald, they let Ruby walk right up to him. Now... There's a number of inconsistencies in uh, 
Warren Commission's uh, decisions. Number one, Oswald could not have been at the so-called sniper's nest on the sixth floor because his verified actual location, just a couple of minutes later, made it impossible for him to have gone from the sniper's nest to where he was found. Additionally, while he was being questioned, a boisterous analysis was done on his um, recorded voice. And according to the results of that, he was telling the truth when he made the statements, I'm a patsy and I didn't kill anybody. In other words, he said he was framed and the voice stress analysis said he was telling the truth. He believed that. Now, never in American history has an important criminal been so poorly protected inside the Dallas police headquarters. It would be a dramatic understatement to say that security was lax. The ease with which Ruby entered police headquarters and walked up to and executed the guarded prisoner and the complete absence of police in- intervention made it appear to everybody that the event was scripted that way before it happened. And a lot of folks in the viewing audience wound up with that uh, conclusion. Now, it's been conclusively established by a number of witnesses that Jack Ruby knew Oswald very well, even though uh, would-be investigations like the Warren Commission went to great lengths and did everything in their power to, to minimize that fact. Jack Ruby's very clear connections to the mafia and the U.S. intelligence through its anti-Castro operations in which Ruby participated were minimized by the Warren Commission in exactly the same manner. You know, it's been speculated that part of the original assassination plan was probably to eliminate Oswald right after the president was shot. And that would have made it a nice, neat package, no loose ends. Unfortunately for the the, uh, conspirators, Oswald temporarily escaped. Once in custody, he was a sitting duck for to be killed. And Jack Ruby got the job to, to take him out. Now keep in mind, when Ruby was caught at the movie theater, he had a gun, a revolver. He pulled it, and SOP for the police would have been to have blown him away. But instead, he was, to use the phrase of one of the officers, steamrolled. Everybody piled on him. And then it was discovered that his pistol did not have a firing pin, which meant that um, had he pulled the trigger, the officers had been well within their right to, uh, to kill him. And that's what was counted on. Now, Oswald never got his day in court. And the silencing of a key witness was never more obvious, uh, even though he has been called the president's assassin for 60 years. He was never formally charged in court with anything. 
many have said, and I tend to agree with them, this is the most obvious case of witness elimination in history. The accused assassin, accused assassin, keep in mind there was never a trial. No one saw him do it. President Kennedy was gunned down in broad daylight, surrounded by a bevy of law enforcement officers. Uh, a stunned nation watched in silent disbelief because the event had been televised and everybody wanted to get a look at the accused killer. Well, everybody got a look, got a taste of incredulity because people literally couldn't believe the obviousness of a crucial witness being eliminated right before their eyes. Now, it's come out from several sources that Oswald's defection to Russia was part of an ongoing intelligence operation called the False Defector Program, run out of the Office of Naval Intelligence. But the KGB were certainly no fools, and they didn't believe Oswald was a real defector. So when he wanted to come back home, they were more than happy for him to go. Two days after the assassination of the president, on national TV, no less, Oswald was fatally shot by a man by the name of Jack Ruby. The uh, so unprecedented was this spectacle of horror that Agnes Meyer. Mother Washington Post publisher Catherine Graham asked the question a lot of folks were thinking. What is this, some kind of goddamn banana republic? Now the American media struggled to maintain a semblance of common order. Uh, but they still insisted Lee R.V. Oswald was a lone crackpot assassin. Acted unilaterally. But uh, a lot of observers and journalists in other countries, especially, already started uh, speculating Oswald had been killed to keep him from talking. Now, keep in mind, well, the, the day of the independent journalist at, uh, in the mainstream media has pretty much come to an end. CNN, for example, has done nothing but parrot um, the president. No matter how outlandish he makes his statements, they try to cover it for him. Well, in addition to uh, evidence that is that came to light, conclusively documenting that Oswald was a part of an intelligence operation known as the False Defector Program, U.S. Senator Richard uh, Swiker veteran Republican senator from Pennsylvania, was co-chairman of a U.S. Senate subcommittee assigned to investigate the Kennedy assassination in 1975. In 2007, after retirement, Swiker was specific that Oswald's phony defection to the Soviet Union in 1959 was actually part of an intelligence operation called the False Defector Program. I mean, how much more uh, confirmation do you want? CIA officer Victor Marchetti confirmed the existence of that top-secret CIA officer naval intelligence uh, program being run out of Nags Head, North Carolina. 
He did it during an interview with author Anthony Summers. And he confirmed that account October 4, 2007, in an interview with Peter Janney. Um, if Oswald was a government agent, which the government has denied vehemently, but if he was a government agent, that does raise a lot of questions. Now, when Oswald came back to the U.S. in 1962, he was, in fact, debriefed by a CIA officer named Aldrin Anderson. For 60 years, the American people believed what the government has said, but we don't even know for sure who Oswald was. Now, the CIA suspected that his Russian wife, Rena Preshikova, was actually KGB. I mean, how could a Russian teenager manage to meet the second and third U.S. defectors to the Soviet Union in cities hundreds of miles apart, carry on conversations with them in very good English, and they marry one of them within days of their first meeting? And then, without any problems whatsoever, leave the Soviet Union with him at the height of the Cold War. Now, Marina's uncle, Ilya Preshikova, colonel in the Ministry of Internal Affairs, which is also known as the Russian Secret Police, approved the, the marriage between his niece and the American defector, which was puzzling in and of itself. Well, the U.S. intelligence utilized George de Morenshield, a Russian immigrant CIA asset who uh, became a friend of Oswald in Dallas. His job was to monitor the Oswald Marina Presikova situation. And de Morenshield himself died under very suspicious circumstances right before he was scheduled to testify before Congress about what he knew. Well, quite unlike the well-established actions of political assassins throughout history, Oswald continued to profess his innocence, telling anybody who'd listened he'd been set up as the patsy to take the fall. And as I said, voice stress analysis showed he was telling the truth. And when he came back from Russia, his actions were clearly calculated to create a legend, uh, a phony history for a sophisticated intelligence operation. Went out of his way to get arrested in Dallas and uh, New Orleans for disturbing the peace. Simultaneously pro-Castro and anti-Castro infiltrated the Fair Play for Cuba committee and was involved with Alpha 66 anti-Castro Cubans at CIA safe houses in the Oak Cliff section of Dallas and also involved peripherally in the government-sanctioned gun-running operation. Too many questions. Not enough answers. And rather than taking credit for the shooting as political assassins have done throughout history, Oswald vehemently denied shooting Kennedy or anybody else for that matter. His recorded words were subjected to not only voice stress analysis at the time, but new voice stress uh, analysis technologies, which said very clearly he was telling the truth. The cover story for the murder of Oswald was one of the most transparent fabrications in Contemporary history. 
Jack Ruby swore he committed murder to spare the president's wife being involved in a trial. And he did it on national TV. And almost the entire national audience began to believe something's stuck about that whole scenario. There were police all over the place. It was the Dallas jail. Nobody made the slightest move to stop Ruby. And When he pulled out a gun, he should have been tackled just as Oswald should have been tackled at the movie theater. Well, to add fuel to the fire, Jack Ruby, it turned out, was seriously hooked up with just about everybody suspected of playing a major role in the assassination. From the mafia to the U.S. intelligence and Then you had Ruby being involved himself in the ongoing anti-Cuban intelligence operation. And it's absolutely preposterous to presume for a second that these connections weren't directly linked to the real reason that he murdered Oswald. Well, let's turn our attention to Jack Ruby. He died of cancer, allegedly. Official verdict, natural causes. Nothing to see here. Move on. Well, Ruby maintained throughout his incarceration he'd been injected with cancer cells. Now, you might initially think he was just being paranoid. And while that claim seems odd, it's much more relevant than the first meets the eye. It's now known that a rapid-onset super-cancer was being developed for use as a bioweapon by the CIA. They were going to use it against Fidel Castro. Now, Ruby was in the same nexus as those developing the bioweapon and would have had knowledge of its development. Now, his cancer was certainly rapid-onset and occurred shortly after he was granted a new trial. At a time, he'd have been able to present evidence in his first trial he wasn't allowed to present anything. In fact, he told Earl um, Warren, if you take me to D.C., I'll tell you anything you want to know. But I can't do it here. And Earl Warren blew him off. Now, there's no actual motive for Ruby to have killed Oswald other than his extensive links to the mafia and to U.S. intelligence through his anti-Cuba gun-running operations in which he was heavily involved. He knew all the players in the assassination drama from the Chicago mobsters to the anti-Castro CIA agents to the Dallas police officers and even knew Oswald himself. Ruby was clearly in fear of his life both before and after the shooting of Oswald. Police officers reported actually very relieved when told Oswald died from his wounds. His fear was manifested in the fact that he wasn't safe in a Dallas jail. He pleaded with Earl Warren to take him to Washington. Well, he didn't be able to explain what had actually happened. Of course, his requests were denied. The occurrence of his rapid onset cancer coincided with medical visits to him in jail from a well-known uh, expert in the MK Ultra CIA program. The MK Ultra was a top-secret CIA program, part of which was aimed at 
using drugs, hypnotism, and anything else available to control an individual's will, even to the extent of making them perform murder. Now, well, officially the case was closed when they arrested um, Ruby. But how is it? Tell me this if you can. How is it that in a town like Dallas, a man like Jack Ruby, who operated a striptease hockey talk, could stroll in and out of police headquarters as if it was a health club at a, at a time when a small army of law forces were keeping a tight security guard on Oswald? How could you even call it security? Well, interestingly enough, Ruby wasn't allowed to have any interviews while he was being held in jail. That's unusual. I mean, he had just killed the man who supposedly killed the president. You'd have thought reporters had been circling him like flies after rotten meat. Well, Dorothy Kilgallen, I think, said it best. I wouldn't try to speak for Dallas, but around here, the people I talk to really believe a man has a right to be tried in court. When that right's taken away from him, any man, by the incredible combination of Jack Ruby and insufficient security, we feel chilled. That was said by Dorothy Kilgallen. Used to be on What's My Line, nationally syndicated columnist. The uh, Johnny Rosselli, a, a mobster, related another version of the event that sounded more logical. Shortly before he was murdered himself, Rosselli told the Washington Post reporter Jack Anderson, when Oswald was picked up, the underworld conspirators feared he'd crack and disclose information that might lead to them. This almost certainly would have brought a massive U.S. crackdown on the mafia. So Jack Ruby was given the orders to kill Oswald. Now, very few Americans are aware of some conclusions reached by the investigation and the final report of the House Select Committee on Assassination in 1979. They said, Ruby's shooting of Oswald was not a spontaneous act and that it involved at least some premeditation. The committee believed it was less likely that Ruby entered the police head basement without assistance even though that assistance was provided with no knowledge of Ruby's intentions. The committee was troubled by the apparently unlocked doors along the stairway route and the removal of security guards from the area of the garage nearest the stairway shortly before the shooting. And there was solid evidence that the Warren Commission, that the Dallas Police Department withheld relevant information from the Warren Commission concerning Ruby's entry into the scene of the Oswald transfer. In other words, it was a setup. They had to let Ruby shoot Oswald because Oswald been, had to be taken out of the equation. Well, whatever may be your opinion, 
We have to take serious note of what Jack Ruby himself thought, and he clearly believed he'd been injected with, in can with cancer cells. According to Deputy Sheriff Al Maddox, he was a Dallas Deputy Sheriff, he said Ruby told him, well, they injected me for a cold. He said it was cancer. That's what he told me. Ruby did. I said, you don't believe that? He said, I damn sure do. One day when I started to leave, Ruby shook hands with me and I could feel a piece of paper in his palm. And in the note he handed to the deputy sheriff, it said it was a conspiracy. And said, if you keep your eyes open and your mouth shut, you're going to learn a lot. He said that was the last letter I ever got from him. Ruby also made it clear he blamed Lyndon. I'm going to be King Johnson for the assassination of Kennedy, specifically implicating him in the planning. He spelled it out very clearly in the video interviews that can be accessed on uh, YouTube. Now, it's interesting to note that in the few interviews he was able to give, not in his always under supervision. The only one that was able to interview him without any supervision was Dorothy Kilgallen. And you see what happened to her. She was died mysteriously and all her notes disappeared. The uh, Not long before Ruby died According to an article in the London Sunday Times, he told psychiatrist Werner Tour assassination was an act of overthrowing the government. And he said he knew who had President Kennedy killed. He said, I'm doomed. I don't want to die, but I'm not insane. I was framed to kill Oswald. He also said, I want to tell you this. I'm used as a scapegoat. Well, it's one thing to sound despondent due to trials and confinement. It's another to be so fatalistic that you, uh, as if you know your fate's been sealed. He told uh, Earl Warren, I won't be around, Chief Justice. I won't be able to verify the things that you're going to tell the president. And he said, well, who do you think is going to eliminate you? He said, I've been used for a purpose. There'll be certain tragic occurrences happen if you don't take my testimony. Well, the written record from Jack Ruby is certainly illuminating. He told it straight out to the former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and a U.S. congressman. He said, gentlemen, I want to tell you the truth, but I can't do it here. If you want a fair shake out of me, you got to take me to Washington. He told the Warren Commission he not only feared for his own life, but had been warned of reprisals against his family, especially his brother. And it's been noted by several that throughout this entire time, he sounded as if he was already dead and speaking from the grave. He said, you won't see me again. I'll tell you that a whole new form of government is going to take over the country, and I won't live to see you another time. And from a letter he wrote in jail to somebody he trusted, he said, you have to believe me. I know what's taking place. So please, with all my heart, you have to believe me because I'm counting on you to save this country a lot of bloodshed. As soon as you get out, you have to read text and uh, looks at Lyndon. And it may open your eyes to a lot of things. That man is a Nazi in the worst order. Well, unlike most Americans during the 60s, the the references I've given you exemplifies that 
Jack Ruby clearly knew the vast trail of corruption for which Lyndon, I'm going to be King Johnson, was responsible. And that trail included several murders that had been documented. Uh, the book of Texan looks at Lyndon as studying illegitimate powers, the first to openly address the ruthlessness and even deadly tactics that he used. Uh, just came out in March of 64, and Ruby already was familiar with its contents. Of course, Ruby had probably witnessed the ruthlessness of Johnson firsthand because Ruby was familiar himself with the dark underside of Texas and its uh, melding of organized crime and cold-blooded politics. And the It's interesting to see that a lot of Ruby's um, connections go far beyond what you expect from a guy who ran a honky-tonk. He was the man to whom all the dots connected. Hooked up big time with the Chicago and the New Orleans mob and specifically with the three top mafia bosses linked to the assassination. Santo Traficani, Sam Deman Giancana, and Carlos Marcello. Ruby had established links to the CIA and was involved extensively in the CIA anti-Castro covert operations. Senator Richard Swiker investigated the assassination acknowledged Ruby must have, at the very least, been working with the CIA during his gun-running activities in Cuba. The FBI later admitted he was an informant. He was the mob's connection to the Dallas Police Department and knew the entire department very well. And he was also connected to the covert New Orleans research project on creating a new fast-acting super cancer to be used as a secret bioweapon against Fidel Castro. So a man with those numerous connections certainly knew what he was talking about. Now, we've come to the end of today's show. On Monday, we'll be back and talk more about some of the many people who were removed as inconvenient to cover up the Kennedy assassination. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great weekend, and I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Till Monday, this is Ken Hudnall saying... See you then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.